Like everyone, thanks for joining us on uh, Series 1, Episode 3 of the SME Owners Podcast. How do I get the most return on my investment when it comes to sales and marketing? Today, I'm delighted to have with me um, Louis Stevenson, head of our sales and marketing division. So, Lou, just first one, just talk a little bit about why you're the person to answer the question uh, when it comes to how do we optimize our return on investment uh, from a sales and marketing point of view. Hi, Paul. Um, So I have um, the delightful uh, job of leading the sales and marketing division for Rowan. Rowan is a modern search and selection um, business supporting SME clients to drive change and growth with private equity backed businesses or privately owned businesses. Um, And sales and marketing play an awful, uh, you know, a really big part of driving a value realization or a change or a growth strategy you tend to find that sales and marketing is at the heart of driving the growth um, in SME clients when it comes to value realization and change. That's what I do. First question really is, what do you think marketing meant um, before the world changed? Before the pandemic, marketing was always an important part of any overall business strategy. You know, you see marketeers look at the seven P's, price, product, positioning, you know, that market penetration, the research into who we're selling to, why we're selling to them and our value proposition. And marketing's always been, um, you know, at the heart of any business when it comes to strategic strategic direction. The sales was traditionally has been more of a human-led tactical approach. So, you know, they're the relation builders. They're the one people that go out and actually win the hearts and minds of the clients um, and engage with the clients. Um, but before the before COVID, we already saw an increase in e-commerce um, and digital marketing skill and technology. So we already started to see before COVID that sales and marketing were being bridged together and the benefit of bringing those two together, we're already starting to see to the point when we were starting to meet clients prior to COVID, we established a what we call as our customer journey where we spoke to customers and said, your route to market can either be a marketing-led sales strategy or a sales-led um, sales strategy. Every client in every sector will have a different variation of, uh, depending on their size, sector, product, growth aspirations, and skills within the business. But ultimately, that customer journey is putting the customer at the heart of everything that they do and saying, how do you want to interact with your customer? How many touch points do you want to have with your customers? How many times do you want your customers to essentially touch you before they actually purchase? Um, and that and that's why, so even prior to COVID, companies were already starting to recognize the power of bringing in sales and marketing more aligned um, and together real transition lots of change but what do you think the pandemic's taught us uh, when it comes to the relationship between other businesses or our consumers customers i think what what the pandemic has taught us is that we've not seen you know, we've not seen anything brand new. I think it's more of an evolution and acceleration of what was already starting to happen already. Um, But there has been some lessons. So, um, you know, first technology, there has been a huge investment in technology. If you think about in February, March last year, that, you know, the idea of us all working from home and interacting with our customers, like you say, via Teams and Zoom was there. We were all starting to do it. We were using these technology, but not the way that we're using the technology today. So that now technology has become a real central part of any sales strategy. You know, 
that leads also into the power of data, you know, that the power of data now is becoming seen as a real value in the business. It's no longer good enough to have a pipeline or a list of customers. Um, you know, if you want to drive change and you want to grow a business, the power of data can tell you who's buying from you, when they're buying, what they're buying, where they're going to when they, you know, they don't buy from you. And it's that power of data now that the pandemic has taught us that is making the difference um, in the market. You're also yeah. seeing a growth in things like HubSpot, for example, and CRM systems. So that power of data now and that, you know, is becoming more and more part of your customer journey, making it slicker and quicker and therefore increasing your customer experience, making it more user friendly, um, you know, and a much better buying experience for your customer. And then the other thing that we've seen really is that investment in skills at that management teams, you know, coming together now has really seen that being, you know, strengthened the power of um, a businesses growth ambitions you know we talk about people power growth and, and if anything the pandemic has taught us that that strength of the management team driving your strategic direction um, has been really really important and that collaboration between sales marketing finance operations and the strategic leader has been cited as one of the reasons why during COVID business have become stronger and have actually evolved and been really agile through the pandemic it's quite interesting I was uh, with a client yesterday wholesale distribution business um, that from their side they're um, uh, trying to understand why there's a greater multiple applied to an e-commerce business than there is a wholesale distribution business so you might be able to gain 6x on your valuation uh, on your EBIT as a wholesale distributor and we're talking 10x 12x or even a revenue multiplier when it comes to e-com um, and what I was explained to him is, is because you've got a direct relationship between your buyer which means I can understand them to a degree mm. at a level that a wholesale distributor can't, mm. even a retailer can't, um, and then through that, really communicate them in a very different way. And it's that, not just the data, but the relationship you're able to create between you and that consumer that's mm. critical. And we're seeing that in the B2B market just as much mm. as the B2C. So I think it's a really interesting evolution. Um, yeah. What other trends do you think you've seen that pandemics engendered in regards to sales and marketing? I think I'll pick up on that first point there, Paul, in terms of that e-commerce. What e-commerce has taught us is, is absolutely that, that you can interact with your customers now in a very, very different way. And again, what uh, the pandemic has taught us in terms of what's coming out of that now is we're starting to see B2B customers now starting to want to have uh, also, you know, we call it a multi-channel approach to the market. So I might manufacture a, a product and I might have relied solely on retail in the past, but now through technology and the, the learning of the e-commerce market, I can now engage with my customer directly through an e-commerce channel. I can now start using Amazon. Um, I can start using eBay. I can start using Facebook. Even TikTok's going to be bringing out a, an online purchasing platform so all of a sudden we're now starting to create communities online and that's a very interesting way in terms of um, how do I interact with my customer and get that customer coming back to me time and time again the big challenge I suppose in the future will be about how they manage that channel conflict so because if I'm selling a product into a retailer or a wholesale distributor and my customer can now buy something from me directly, then what are brands now starting to think is, well, I've now got brand um, conflict. So it'll be interesting to see now uh, that channel conflict and that brand differentiator and how that develops. It's now not going to be just about communicating with customers, but actually a customer is smart. We're all buying online now. We're buying through an e-commerce. We all shop around. A customer is going to know if it's the same product on Amazon as it is on your own website. So it'll be interesting to see how that branding differentiator develops in that space. 
Our clients also want to understand their cost of purchase as well and therefore their return on investment. So every penny we spend um, on marketing and uh, PPC and SEO and social media and, you know, and sales activity as well, you know, our sales teams going out on the road and, and driving and, and all of that sort of thing. We want to decrease our cost per purchase, but also increase, you know, our returning on investment for every pound that we spend. And one way of doing this, again, the trends that have come out of it is by being tech enabled, again, driving into that data. So you can start to see what our consumers are doing. We're starting to hear words like personas and things like that. Again, they're not new things, but they're now being used in a more B2B environment. Um, you know, so we can start looking at how do our customers really interact? And some customers we're talking to now are surprised actually who purchased their product, where you might have thought that it was a younger audience taking, you know, grandma bless her. Um, my mum now is interacting with a bank online. They're now interacting with Amazon. You know, my mum is purchasing things and getting, you know, things delivered to her door I never thought six months ago that would happen so all of a sudden it's not just a it's not just an age thing now it's everybody now is using um, an online channel what advice would you give you a founder who's seeing an opportunity uh, when it comes to uh, online um, but has never done it before so you know you and I both work with a number of customers who have switched from wholesale distribution to now direct to market uh, we've seen um, uh, manufacturers now think about product direct to market online um, so out of all that, is there some sort of aggregated learning that you think we could share on this podcast? I think the ones that have done it really, really well are, first of all, they've really understood their customer um, and they've really understood what products their customer are purchasing um, and then putting that on the right platforms. A lot of the companies might say, I need it on Amazon, eBay, you know, uh, Facebook, I need my own e-commerce website. But actually, in reality, it's finding out where your product is better placed. You don't have to do it all. It's about making sure that your product is in the right place for your customers that recognize where you're going to be. Um, I think if you're if you don't have an e-commerce website at the moment and you're not interacting with your customers through a multi-channel approach, then um, an agency um, will be the first point of call for you in terms of, you know, you can very easily go to an agency. Um, you know, you can very easily go and talk to, you know, marketing, you know, expertise, you know, and experts that can help you design that function. But also what we find as well is by recruiting, you know, marketing experts into the business and bringing them onto your management team also help shape, um, you know, your marketing strategy moving forward. And then again, in an SME, we know that cash is king and every pound you spend, you want a good return on investment. So the people that we're now recruiting into SMEs are people that recognize that, that do things you know, uh, strategically, you know, slowly but surely in terms of let's try one channel first, let's see if it works. And sometimes you have to bit of a failing fast attitude of let's give things a go. Let's let's try. Let, it might not work first time, but that's OK. And then from that, you learn and you get better and better and better. And then the businesses that do really, really well are the ones where they build them slowly. So they might bring in someone for, a, you know, a digital expertise. Then they bring in brands then they bring in product. Then they bring in e-commerce or marketplaces and and slowly evolve rather than sort of, you know, stopping one thing and then all of a sudden starting to do something very different. Yeah, I think that's fair in the SME. I think it's bringing people in who can do uh, and, uh, and drive and actually deliver as opposed to necessarily investing too heavily in strategy in the early days. That gives you a sense of understanding, doesn't it? A touch and feel of your market. And then you can start thinking about, you know, greater investment as you start to see some form of return. Hmm. Um, I also hmm. think the, when you're dealing with the agencies, trying to find the right agency uh, you should spend some real time on that, uh, particularly um, talking to them or, or people who have used them in the past, trying to get an understanding of who can do a good job 
um, because they all talk a different language at times and sometimes that language isn't helpful but it's telling work out if you're going to get a return on your investment yeah um, I, I agree yeah and obviously um, we, we meet a lot of businesses across a, a, a wide spectrum of sectors what do you think the ultimate future is for sales and marketing uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the online um, space, although we've seen a massive evolution, it's also becoming quite saturated. So now everybody is now talking about social media, uh, digital marketing campaigns. Um, we're starting to see a lot more, um, you know, um, marketing going out there. So it's going to be around, um, you know, we're all fighting for the top spots on the search, en- search engines. Um, you're seeing more and more online technology come out. You're seeing an increase of different payment solutions online. You're seeing a, an evolution of different types of technology that how to interact with your customers. Um, email marketing is becoming even more targeted and, and bespoke and Google Analytics is changing how they measure success on websites. So it's all starting to, you know, even evolve even more. Um, and as modern technology gets better, then multi-channel will then start to get more saturated. Um, already talked about that brand differentiator. That's something that we really need to think about what's going to happen in the future as we now start ap- happening, um, start moving into a more multi-channel approach. Um, and then it's going to be really interesting to see about the sort of the human capital of sales, because you know, traditionally that historic pipeline management and relationship management skills, they're still there and absolutely still required when it comes to key account management and growth within key accounts. Um, And actually, you know, going out and doing, you know, solution design and winning more complex, but it's going to be interesting to see now how sales directors embrace technology and marketing and data and that commercial um, element um, to see where you know that because they're the ones that will outperform their competitors the ones that really embrace this evolution Um, that also then leads into events events are starting to happen again but it's going to be really interesting to see our company is going to spend on, you know, you know, going to events and paying for, um, you know, stands in, you know, conference centers and sending their staff, you know, worldwide. Some people will, but actually now is that going to be a trend that just goes back to the way it was? Our company is going to want to spend as much money as they were before when they can probably get a more or a, a targeted um, data-led return on investment through, you know, through a, a targeted marketing. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's going to be um, really interesting to see. And that transatlantic travel, is that going to be really high moving forward? We had a lot of people moving around the world, a lot of international travel. You know, that that's going to be interesting to see, um, that personal interaction. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. One thing I do know is that SME clients that we work with embrace change. And that's the beauty of working in an SME client. Um, they embrace change. They're very agile. Um, and every candidate we see, either being a marketer or a sales or a commercial person need to embrace change. So, and as things are changing so quickly, the people that are going to do really well within the SME market are the ones that embrace the change, but are self-taught, not frightened to fail fast, go and try things. Some things aren't going to quite go according to plan, not look for the finished article to start off with, not be frightened to go out there and learn new technology, embrace those um, those new ways of working. Well, well, thanks for your time and insight today. I think uh, one thing I would certainly um, uh, see to add, to add a little bit to that is the um, nurturing of your current customer base I think has never been more important so how do we ensure that we've got a real connectivity with the people that we've already dealt with and worked with and that combination of that people element of nurturing it combined with the digital element of nurturing and then the whole 
sense of how we attract and get people to come to us through that combination of brand people. I think it's just all merging into one. And that's a really exciting time. Um, I think those will do best at it are those that can, as you said, at the very start of this, really understand their customer, understand the products or the services they supply into that customer base and can make sure that we get that relationship right. Um, And, uh, you know, I'd like to thank everyone for listening.